Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me as always is my co-host and a real prince, Mr. Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I am doing well, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing just swell. Well, Larry, this is our 10th episode. That's so crazy that it's we're at real, 10. It's super crazy. And we have so many, so many exciting plans for this podcast. We were just talking about all of the people that we're bringing on and all the super, just really brilliant writers and uh, thinkers that we're bringing on to this podcast. I'm super excited. Yeah, I am too. Well, today we're going to talk about... Bambi. Bambi. And, uh, I'm, I'm interested in how this conversation is going to go, Andy, because Bambi is not a typical Disney movie. It isn't a typical Disney movie. However, I would argue that it's a foundational Disney film. In that, we have a deer who is kind of, it's a coming-of-age story. And Disney, after, you know, the, after Bambi, there are so many coming-of-age stories, especially involving animals. You know, the sword and the stone, um, which isn't, I mean, I mean, I guess, wart becomes animals during that. Well, but it's got, a, it's got a, a young boy going into adulthood. For me, yeah. this, reminds, this reminds me of The Lion King. A oh, lot. Absolutely. And I think all the True Life Adventure series that come after Bambi are all fit the pattern of Bambi. You know, Perry, um, which is also written by Felix Salton, and some of the other uh, True Life Adventures all sort of mimic this, um, this idea of where we are in nature, what's going on, and how nature and the forces of nature really provide the conflict and backdrop for um, this young deer to become, you know, the prince of the forest. Yeah. So, well, let's dig into some key facts. Um, I did some digging, and uh, this Bambi's based on a book. It's an adaptation. It's based on a book by an Austrian writer named Felix Salton. Uh, it was written in 1923, and the book was translated into English by Simon & Schuster in 1928. Um, the Nazis banned the book in 1936, uh, along with a lot of other books, believing the book was an allegory about their treatment of Jewish people in Europe. And maybe that should have been a clue to them that uh, <laughs> what they were doing, what, you know, if you read Bambi and you like go, hmm, I'm like those hunters, maybe, maybe that's a sign there's something wrong with you. Well, there's, a, yeah, read. exactly. But in 1933, before even before that, MGM uh, filmmaker Sidney Franklin had bought the movie rights to the book, the American movie rights. But then he sold the rights to Walt Disney in 1938 because he thought the movie would be just too difficult to make as a live-action film. So Disney takes on the project. The film premieres in 1942. And while we all know what was going on with the rest of the world at that time, right? Um there's a world war. There's all this going on. And interestingly, this time, I didn't know all of this, but when I sat down to watch Bambi this time, and I wrote at the top, it just in the beginning, is is Bambi an allegory? And I think it works. I think I think it absolutely is um, about the, the forces of nature are really outside the control of Bambi. And, and all the other forest animals. And they just kind of have to deal with what's what's being dealt to them, whether it's nature or man in the forest. Um, th their idyllic sort of existence is constantly rocked. So, yeah. No, I can't, I can't argue with that. I, I mean, 
I don't know how much the audience picks up on the allegory, especially the farther we get away from 1942. I remember I watched this with Xander when he was little, and he loved it. And he said, and I asked him, why did he love it? He's like, he's like, because Bambi and his friends are just good babies who want to love each other. Right. And, and, you know, it, it works. It, I think it does work as an allegory, but I think it just works on its, on its face as well, that this is, you know, it's, childhood, right? Yeah, absolutely. And child no, if, you know nobody gets through childhood unscathed, right? So, and nobody Bambi gets ha- through childhood. Nobody does. And and Bambi is certainly no exception. So, uh so let's start with the Manishtana, Andy. Yes. Um so the Manishtana uh is I I I say this every week, but so let me try to say it a different way. It's the it's the question that we ask, why does this movie begin? where it begins. There is this forest, there is this cycle that has gone on. Uh, I don't think this is a difficult question to to, uh, answer, Andy, but why would you say this movie starts at the point that it starts? Well, I think, I mean, we have a new prince is born, right? Um, uh, But before the new prince is born, there's 10 minutes, (laughs) 10 minutes of beautiful animation of the wonder and glory of a large forest. We have, you know, the overture is all about um, hope may die, comes each day like the dawn, like the voice of a heavenly choir, love, sweet music flows on. So we know that something, you know, there's this yin and yang, there's this ebb and flow to uh, the world and the backdrop and it's not all going to be pizza and beer, you know. <laughs> so. And and again, you know, it it parallels or will be paralleled by more accurately the opening of the Lion King, the Circle of Life, right? Absolutely, all of the animals coming to see the birth of their new prince. Except yes. in Circle of Life, the ener- the energy is high and dramatic and tense, and there are drum beats. And here, it's a more relaxed opening. Right. Oh, sure. Things are the way they're they're supposed to be. It's not. It's not, it's an important day, but it's not a tense day. No, it's a beautiful day. Yes. And the, you know we have birds feeding their young, and we have a mouse watching washing his face with a dewdrop, which is like my favorite little. Oh, I love that. That's bit. a great little it's a bit. Great of bit. And you know, the rabbit scratching his back. Um, all of those little animal gags, and then all of a sudden we have Thumper. Crying out, wake up, wake up, the new prince is born, right? So that's why the movie starts where it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, obviously the birth of Bambi, watching him gestate in the womb would not be a particularly right. interesting, well, maybe it would be, but but it's it would it might not but keep... But also him, not possible given technology in 1942. It, right, exactly. Maybe it doesn't keep its G rating. But... Right. Um, there's, there's a corollary question that I'm going to ask a little bit later, but I just want to posit it now so we can circle back to it. Why does the movie end where it ends? Mm. And I just want to have that in mind as we go through the plot and the characters. And if we could just circle back to it um, at some point, that would yeah. be great. Maybe yeah, when for we get sure. the theme. For sure. Can I mean, we move a, on to the plot? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the plot. Um, okay. So as you pointed out, there, we don't see Bambi immediately. 
Uh, And everything prior to the birth of Bambi is exposition. We're seeing the world of the forest. We're seeing the animals. We're seeing how they go about their daily morning routines. We meet Thumper. We meet Mm -hmm. Friend Owl. uh, And it isn't until all of the animals gather uh, that we get to meet Bambi. The tricky part here is when I'm trying to identify inciting incident, rising action, and climax, it's a little tricky to me. Right. Because this movie isn't telling that kind of story. It's not an adventure. It's a life cycle. Right? Right. I mean, really, the inciting incident for me is more of the meadow sequence. Where his well, mother, be a, because that, all we have this, all of this idyllic, everything's wonderful, and then mother says, "You must never rush out onto the meadows, right? We have to hide." But even that isn't an inciting incident. It's a change in Bambi's understanding of the world that there right. are dangers out there, but nothing actually happens in that sequence to change Bambi's life. If we were really going to go for an inciting inciting incident, like this is the moment that changes Bambi's life forever, it would be the second sequence with the hunters. Right. Where his mother gets killed. But that is an hour into the movie. Sure. It cannot possibly be the inciting incident. Yeah, it's just, it's almost like a series of heightening tensions, you know, throughout the film as he grows. And so we're watching him grow. And maybe, I mean, gosh, maybe the inciting incident is that he's born. And I think that's what Walt would say, Andy, is that that the birth of Bambi is what changes the forest. But I would say to Walt, and and I don't know, I know know you and he are imaginary friends. We we are imaginary friends. We've been imaginary friends for, you know, many years. I don't know if he could stand me personally, but... (laughs) But, he would like you, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I would say to Walt, I would say, but Walt, pe- people and animals are born all the time. How is this an inciting incident for a story? And Walt would say to me, well, he's the prince. And I would say to him, so what? And, <laughs> and we would go around with this. It's not. Right. Uh, if this was an adventure story, and it's not, it's not an inciting incident. Yeah. I could argue that this is the inciting incident of Bambi's mother's life, right? Possibly well, this is the most important thing she's ever done and is changing her life forever. I just don't, we could argue, we could argue. I mean, so well, okay, so I have this idea and I haven't really even fleshed this out. So we'll just flesh it out right here during this podcast. That's the best. I love when oh, we good. do this. Oh, good. So if the conflict is between you know, and, you know, Bambi and nature, right? Then how Bambi discovers his natural world is, you know, learning to walk, dealing with ice, all of the things that he has to grow through in order to become the prince at the end. I mean, it just sort of, right. I mean, all of these little sequences work together where he has to kind of wrestle with, he's wrestling with nature. So if nature is the... You know, if it's, you know, I say man versus nature, but deer versus nature, right? Then could it be that that's really the, that's really the, the place where we meet them? I don't, I don't know. 
No, I'm just thinking. The, the truth of the matter is, Andy, like that's that's all very smart. Um, but I don't think this movie, like it's so weird to say this movie doesn't have an inciting incident. But <sighs> I, I think like we could make arguments. Oh, Bambi meets Thumper and starts a lifelong friendship. Except the movie isn't about Bambi and Thumper. You know, well, but it's about Bambi growing, right? It, it's about Bambi growing to meet the next challenge. And so he discovers Thumper. He's got to, you know, he discovers and, and you know, the stakes just aren't very high. Right. When he did because it's cute and sweet. But like when gosh, and you know, he meets Faylene and she licks him and like, oh, what's all this? Right. But the stakes aren't very high. Until the stakes become higher, it's really when he reacts to that first thunderstorm, I think. That the that the the point of view, you know, he's he's cowering from it, and so it comes, it goes from I have to cower. Maybe that first thunderstorm is the inciting incident. Okay, I'll throw something out. For okay, you. and this okay. this will be my this will be my last best guess, and maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> and then we'll move on. All right, we're we're talking about this, assuming that Bambi is the protagonist, and Bambi is the protagonist, of course, but in a way. What we're really seeing is nature itself. Right. And if we argued that nature itself is the protagonist, the forest as a whole is the protagonist, then the forest is changed by the birth of mm -hmm. Bambi. It, the, the forest is looking to, down a path to a new future, to a new prince. We do start with the community, right, rather than with the deer. Right. I know that I'm buying exactly what I'm selling, but it works. <laughs> well, I mean, it has something has to happen. Um, right. But the, again, you have that. The other thing that, and we've talked about this for many years, you and I, not during this podcast, but in other places, the point of view is constantly shifting in this film, constantly. Yeah. And so Bambi's exploring the world. We're with Thumper. We're with this little critter. We're with, you know, we keep moving around so much. Yes, we keep moving around so much that, and e and those creatures and those little bits aren't really reacting or working with Bambi, right? They're not, they're not interacting with him to drive a story forward or his story forward. So then, on the other side of this, what would you say the climax of the movie is? And traditionally, the climax of the movie is when the forces of good and evil, however this, or, or protagonist and antagonist, or order and chaos contend, and the world is changed. Right. And, I, and, and so where, where are the stakes at its highest? Well, I mean, I think the stakes are at their highest when it's no longer nature that they're battling. It's man that they're battling, right? When the dogs and the fire yeah, and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because they can handle nature. It has a rhythm to it. You st even the animals, when the thunderstorm happens, you know, they follow their instincts and in seeking shelter. And it's Bambi's first th thunderstorm, so he's freaking out. But Mother's very calm. She's like, oh, this is just part of it, right? The only time Mother gets rattled is when they go to the meadow and... Bambi runs out the meadow, right? It's like he's running out into the street. You know, your two-year-old running across the street to see uh, their father or something. Daddy! You know, like, oh, no, 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 you can't run out in the street. Yeah, but then no, he doesn't uncle, know, uncle right? The, the, it's foreshadowed that man yeah. is in the forest. Man right. comes back a second time and kills Bambi's mother. Right. And then man comes back a third time. I think the final confrontation with the unseen forces of man is, right. in fact... 
is in fact the climax. I think that's right. If a student of mine pointed to the confrontation between uh, Bambi and the other deer, I would give them points for that. Right, would, right. That they because they would be because that's because what they would be looking for is a person that we see on screen to hang their hat on a, as the antagonist. Uh, our issue is like nature, man is depicted as a force. Right. Right. And maybe a force greater than nature. Uh, sir, sir, if if not, not a partner to nature. Certainly. No, no. And uh, something that's unmanageable, really. Yes. I mean, it's not like they, all the animals get together and decide, hey, let's let's take on the men. No, I mean, they they don't they don't know what to do about that. They, well, and there and none of the animals that we see for the most part. Are, are predatory animals, right? right. We, we, we're mostly, it's skunk, rabbit, and deer. We, we don't ever see Bambi, other than the dogs, and the dogs are surrogates for, for man, right. right? We don't really see Bambi worried about being preyed upon by the other animals. It's man. Man's the problem. Man's the problem. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's get into the characters a little bit. What do we think about Bambi as a character? It's so tricky. Bambi reminds me a lot of Pinocchio, especially early on. That is also in my notes, Larry. <laughs> oh, that's so... Well, so so what do you mean? So what do we mean by that then? Well, he's uh, not a real deer. I mean, he's not a real deer. He's not a real prince. He's got to learn how to become a, a prince. He's got to figure out what it takes and, and find this inner strength to actually be proactive as opposed to running away from something or following his mother or later following his father or later following Feline, he's got to make some decisions as to where he, um, you know, where his actions are going to happen. Yeah. Bambi, Bambi is a blank slate at the beginning of this. We can, absolutely. He he is a baby. He's more of a baby than Thumper is. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, Thumper. Thumper has so much big brother energy towards <laughs> towards Bambi. He does. Um, he does. So, so like early on, uh, Bambi Bambi is in the process of becoming a person, but but his his primary quality is his innocence and his inexperience and his joy at exploring the world. Right. Yeah. Um. And I don't know that he ever loses that. He's what is interesting about Bambi is Bambi comes co- comes complete with a flaw, which uh, which I think is interesting and maybe maybe a step above Pinocchio, because Pinocchio's Pinocchio's flaws were were just that he doesn't know anything, but Bambi knows fear relatively right. early and relatively often. His his first response to everything is to back away, right? Uh, from things that are smaller than him, from things that mean him no harm, from 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 the girl who kinds of likes him, right? His he's timid. Yeah, he is for sure. I mean, he runs. He's skittish and kind of runs away. Whereas Pinocchio, that's where they differ. I think Pinocchio is just like, oh yeah, we're going here. Oh, let's go here. Let's go to the. You know, let's Pinocchio go with Honest John. Let's go here. I mean, he ne- Pinocchio never has a reservation where he goes, gee, maybe I shouldn't go with you or maybe I should be afraid of you. He's just like, okay, I'll go. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I think the two of them differ for Pinocchio sure. Pinocchio 
has didn't go through an infancy. No. He went straight through into childhood. Right. And and Bambi being born into this world has the instinct that he can be taken out of it. Right. 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 And and I and maybe maybe that's an interesting. I I almost wish I had that in, insight into Pinocchio. Then how can you have mortality when you're a puppet? Right. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, I want to now. I want to talk about that again. But yeah, no, let's, well, we let's go keep, back. Let's keep, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. No, you said something about Bambi being fearful, and the thing is, is that Bambi's fearful in the beginning of things that just aren't very scary, and yeah. then he's not fearful of the meadow, <laughs> the meadow, and it's like, no, you need to be fearful now, right? And well, right, because. The things that he's afraid, he, he startles easily. Right. But, but there's not, he doesn't see anything in the meadow to frighten him. And obviously that's when he should be the most afraid. Right, right. Can we talk about Bambi's mother? Yeah, let's talk about Bambi's mother. Um, you know, mother is this sweet, it's really interesting to me, the relationship between the her, Bambi's mother and the great prince. Because she never says to Bambi, this is your father. Right. She just says he's the great prince. Well, and all the other animals seem to know who Bambi's father is, but it's this big mystery to Bambi. <laughs> I, like, I, I think I think it's implicit. What, what's what's interesting to me about Bambi's mother is number one that he has one. Yeah, um, you know, so many of these Disney characters don't. That's true. Uh, they've lost them very young. I think this may be the first time we actually have one. Snow Snow White, we don't see her mother. Pinocchio nope. is sort of, you know, immaculate conception. Um, Cinderella's but, mother is dead. Pinocchio yeah. doesn't have one. Uh, uh, well, Dumbo has a mother. Dumbo has a mother. That's true. And, but yeah. but this is uh, like a mother who can speak, who has a voice. Right. Um, and she sort of feels like the mother of all of... She is the perfect mother. Yeah. Oh, idyllic. Um, very patient, very kind, very calm. That there's one line in this particular viewing that really haunted me, mm-hmm. and it's when Bambi says, "I'm hungry," and her response is, "I know, I know, right? right? Like so, so heartbreaking because she says it with so much love, but she can't. It's a problem she can't solve for him. It's winter. There's no food, right? And and she hears him." She hears the problem. There's no solution for it. All right. she can do is let him know, even though he's hungry, he's still loved. Right. And, and of course, then there's a little scene where they're eating bark off of trees. And she, I mean, probably not just to fill their stomachs, right? Not to yeah. get any sort of nutrition, but just to feel full. And so it's just this beautiful thing. And then, you know, mother's winter hunger causes her to really stop in the meadow to try some new grass. And that's when the hunters pursue her and her last words to Bam- for Bambi to run. Right. And she she gets her, him out ahead of her. Yep. And well, then we hear a gunshot and Bambi calls to her from the thicket, which is probably the worst part <laughs> of this movie. And the reason why people don't like to watch it, they say, I can't, I can't stand it when Bambi's mother dies, right? But this and is so, a great point that you make here, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Bambi is little and small. 
Mm-hmm. Mama's legs are are long. Bambi's mother could outpace Bambi. Yep. She's not doing that. She chooses She's not to. Providing a target in order to keep her child. It is a decision that she makes. Right. And I don't I don't know that we give her credit for this, but but it's obvious. She could Oh, it's sacrificial. Yeah, Bambi. absolutely. Absolutely sacrificial in every way. Yeah. So she's um, a great, I mean, she's really the, I mean, she's a great hero of this film because she saves, she really saves Bambi. I think what's also interesting is most people remember seeing her get shot. Right. And we don't see that her get shot. That is some sort of Mandela effect that has happened where, where everybody remembers it. But we've, it's not that we remember it. It's that we've imagined it. it oh, yeah. It is so tastefully done. Oh, and I yeah. know a lot of parents are afraid to show Bambi to their kids because they're worried about this scene that, like, kids will miss what happened to Bambi's mother sometimes. Right. Not all yeah, of them. Yeah, there's a fatal gunshot, and he, he calls out to her from the thicket, and we all know what Bambi doesn't, and then the great prince tells them, you know, your mother can't be with you anymore. And, and that's, that's it. it. That's it. We, and we then at that awful part, and then it's, you know... A beautiful little ha 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 song, you know. <laughs> and then they take like, a wait a minute, come on. They fast forward. Uh, they don't want us to stay in that mood for too long. Yeah. Um. But but it's a sad moment. Oh yeah, for sure. But but what the magic of this is trusting in the audience's ability to fill in the blank to use their imagination. You don't. You if you have an engaged audience. You don't need to show that scene. Uh, no. You don't need to show the body on the ground. And I, I would argue that that's a lesson that I think many of us have forgotten in our writing. Oh, that I agree you with you. Engage your audience's imagination and have them fill in the blanks. Engage them, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, they'll, don't they know? They know what happened, right? And of course, the point of view—it's all from shown from Bambi's point of view, and so. We, we, I mean, we know what happens because we know what gunshots do, right? But it is this beautiful kind of dramatic reversal where they go to the meadow and find some grass and there's a gunshot and there's a run and there's, I mean, something that starts so innocently uh, turns to this thing where Bambi is, you know, it's, it's pretty shocking. And, and, and yeah, you're right. Everybody remembers it. Everybody talks about it. You'd never see Bambi's mother fall to the ground. It doesn't have it, but, but gosh, it's still, your heart is just broken. Yes. And our hearts are so broken that we think we saw it. It's so artistically done. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Let's talk about the great prince. AKA so, deadbeat dear dad. <laughs> Your kid needs a father, great prince. Oh, well, you know, it's so funny because Bambi says, you know, there are other deer in the forest. And mother says, I know. And uh, I wonder if the great prince has multiple little princes running around. <laughs> I don't think he does. Okay. Okay. I don't think he does. But I do wonder, what does he do all day? He stands around and looks regal. What he right. does. Like Mufasa in The Lion King has a job. He That's right. He keeps the hyenas off the pride lands. Well, okay. But he still makes time for his boy. But what the great prince does is he's constantly looking out for danger. He's standing on the cliffs and he's looking out for man. 
I I'm just I'm just saying he I'm just he, I, I know he is he could he could do better. <laughs> he's a magical creature. He does feel magical. There is a reverence to him that even the non-deer creatures in the forest feel right. for the great prince. Um But he could use a little Dr. Spock, right? <laughs> but but he's not a father. No, he's not. Uh he's 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 a he's a force, he's a figure. Um uh, and yet, when Bambi's mother dies, he's the one that comes and says, your mother can't be with you anymore. That is true. And he is the one, we don't see a whole lot of stuff, but in a few short frames, Bambi's grown up. The audience is, we're not really privy to that transition into adulthood, but he's got new sharp antlers and the shift, you know. Right, we don't we don't get to see uh, what Bambi's life with his father is like. Right, right. Um, although, although... Bambi 2 is about that, and I think it's a smart choice, and maybe we'll do Bambi 2 someday. Yeah. But as far as this movie is concerned, he remains a mystery, the great prince, that, right. that that I don't think that we can solve. We don't have the clues. He's not present. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and of course, at the end, you know, as he as he grows, you know, his father saves his life. So just yeah. as his mother saves his life, his father saves him from the fire and tells him, you know, you're shot, but you got to get up. Yes. Um, and I mean, and and you also feel like, you know, it's the suck it up moment. But at the same time, I think that's kind of maybe what fathering was seen like, you know, when you're a kid, you know, in this time period, it's like, okay, you're dealing with this pain but it's happened to all of us. You've got to get up too. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's the, idyllic parenting. <laughs> I don't want to go mean. to the gross parental place of this, where your mother is there to coddle you as a child, and it's your father's turn to push you out into the world and become an adult. But this movie posits that. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Uh, kind of does. So uh, that's the job of yeah. yeah. So, and I think probably that's how parenting was seen in 1942. Oh, agreed. But, yeah, I mean, I think there was definitely you know, gender roles and all that, and so why why wouldn't that the same thing happen in the forest? Sure, I mean, it's time period, right? Let's talk about Faline. I have controversial thoughts about Faline. Oh, okay, we'll bring it. Okay, I think Faline is a million times more interesting than Bambi. Okay, and I would rather see a movie about Faline growing up than seeing one about Bambi growing up. Faline is vivacious. She's energetic. She's mm-hmm. she's courageous. She mm-hmm. knows what she wants and she pursues it. Like like Walt, you got this great female deer character here. Who, when she's on the screen, like the camera loves her. Oh sure. Whoever uh, drew her did a great job, right? I whoever's I, in charge of Faline. I I'm sad when she's not on the screen. Well, the little moment where he's in the water and she's kind of ducking around through the reeds and like chasing, you know, playing hide and seek with him. I mean, it's 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 so sweet. So I, perfect. I just I just love her to pieces, and I don't mean that I don't love Bambi because because I'm a softy. You know, I love. Bambi. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> um, I I do love Bambi. Yeah, but Faline is everything Bambi is not. She's absolutely and fun. And she, when she's on the camera, there's just energy coming yeah, from her. For sure, for sure. And I mean, no wonder he gets Twitter pated, right? 
I'm a little Twitter pated, and she is, <laughs> she is not my type. It would never work. <laughs> I mean, you know, teach their own, Larry. But I, you know, I can see why. I can no, see why. <laughs> I, I think I think she's a lot of. I think she's a lot of fun. Well, and she compliments him, right? Because she's his opposite, and yes. so opposites sort of attract. And we have Bambi fighting for Faline at the end of it. You know, he emerges as her prince. He takes her to back to his mother's thicket, which is his, you know, his old house. You know what? It's interesting because the romance between the two of them, and we'll get into songs here in a minute. Um, it's in a minor key, so it's oh. kind of haunting. The romantic song is kind of haunting, and it's like, wow. Um, and Faline calls for Bambi just as his own mother once did. Oh, that's that's nice. That's a that's yeah. A, that's a I nice mean, it's kind of this really back. nice. It's this really interesting. Um, and then, of course, the point of view shifts away pretty dramatically to some nearby quail, and they're fearing the worst because the wild dogs are coming. And uh, but in that moment, Faleen is the one who's frightened. Yes, and Bambi is no longer this helpless baby deer. He's now strong enough to go out and protect her. Well. I, th- I think one of the things that is true in life is when your partner's with somebody, when they break down, you rise to the occasion. Absolutely. And 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 he is shot, just like his mother was, right? And and his mother, and instead of, you know, his father saves him from the fire, which makes me wonder if he had, if the father had wondered, gosh, what if I had gotten to mother in time? Like, what if I'd gotten there and she, I could have coaxed her into standing up and not just laying down and dying, right? Yeah. I mean, there's kind of this what ifs or, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into this, well, but. I, I think you're taking a very human perspective on this. And I don't, I don't know that the great print, prince sees things <laughs> the way that you do, but maybe I not. prefer your perspective. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's talk about Thumper. I love Thumper. Thumper is probably, I mean, when I talk about my top five Disney characters, I think Thumper's right there. Um, Agreed. Whoever voiced Thumper, the kid, I mean, it's just incredible. Do you know the story about how Thumper was voiced? No. So they got a bunch of kids together. I'm going to ruin the details of this. but uh, They got a bunch of kids together, real child actors. And they're listening to all of these cute kids talk, cute kids talk. And then one of the kids goes... The prince is gonna put it. And like, and they're like, get that kid out of here. Get that kid out of here. And somebody, I think it was Walt, said, no, leave him here. And so it was the kid that everybody, who was not a trained actor of the bunch of them, uh, that was the one, Walt was like, that's the one that sounds real to me. Yeah. I just got chills. Yeah. He's super authentic. That's the thing about Thumper that we love. You know, what you gonna call him? And and Thumper, About what? <laughs> I I I think Thumper brings sort of a brotherly energy. I think mm-hmm. I said this earlier: big brother energy to Bambi. It's funny; he is a big brother. He's got five or six cute little sisters that right. we see going with him, and yet and yet, like he he needs his he needs his bro. Well, and he's always in trouble, right? He's always, always in, trouble in trouble for doing the wrong thing. He's eating the blossoms. He's not eating the greens. He's, you know, he's talking out of turn. He's sound, you know, but with Bambi, he's the expert. Yes. So that's what makes the relationship work. He's not in trouble. He knows how to slide on ice. He knows things that Bambi doesn't know. 
And yet, and yet Bambi is the one who's going to be prince, right? Right, right. Um, because because the truth of the matter is uh, Thumper is pushing the boundaries. And, yeah. and Bambi is looking for where should the boundaries be? Right, right. And Thumper is the one that encourages him, I think, to to try new things. Yes. And to discover things. I think if not, I think if there were no Thumper, Bambi would just be sitting with his mother in the thicket doing whatever she wanted. But no, he's, Thumper's out there really coaxing. In the absence of Bambi's father, Thumper takes on the masculine role of preparing him. Absolutely. My favorite part of the movie is when Flower and Thumper, we'll talk about Flower in a second, but Flower and Thumper and Bambi get together and, you know, they're never going to, and Friend Al tells them they're going to be about to be Twitter-pated, and they're like, not us. Right. (laughs) And of course. Little He-Man Woman Haters Club over there. Each in turn, each in turn finds their, finds true love there to the point of, you know, it's just great. It's super great. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk about Flower. I have I have the, controversial thoughts about Flower. Oh, the naming about the naming of Flower is so great because and he can call me Flower if he wants to. Right? Flower is adorable. Flower is absolutely adorable. Um there is something about Flower and I I want to claim him uh-huh. as representation. Um I I really feel like Flower has a crush on Bambi. I feel that too, at least in the early, yeah, yeah. Or he's just sort of flirty. Uh, just, just, he's, he's gets so, he reminds me of Bashful from the Seven Dwarfs. But yeah. he only seems to be triggered, at least in these early stages, by, by Bambi looking at him. Um, and, and I don't, I am here for it. I am, I am yeah. here for Flower having a, having a crush on on Bambi. I, I am here for Flower taking on a, a name, not the name his parents got gave him, right. but the name that he feels uh, better represents who he is. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't think there's any controversy in that. I think it's pretty clear. I just think it's interesting that, in, again, in 1942... That's just sort of okay. And nobody says, oh, this is a big problem. Or, oh, why can't Flower be more masculine? Or, you know, people aren't picketing Disney, right? It's just, it's just like, oh, that's really sweet. It is interesting when Friend Owl says, you're all going to become Twitter-pated. And then he points at Flower, even you. Right, right. Right, and Flower's like, even me? I'm pretty sure I, I like this deer over here just fine. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really sweet. They could do more with Flower. I think. Yeah, I don't think Flower has much of much to do in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if he got cut for time, or if there's just something that you know you could see Flower on the cutting room floor, probably. But you, you know, if I had to watch ten minutes of Love Is a Song That Never Ends in the beginning, versus you know a couple three minutes watching Flower discover, you know, wake up more than do more than just wake up and sleep and bury himself in flowers then i think you know flower has i I would like that no he doesn't that's 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 just what that's just where we go with him yeah and so then we have this unknown deer right yes bambi's challenger the unknown deer has a name yes uh his name is rano oh okay how do we Uh, know that we know that from bambi too 
That's right. Okay. So, so it's okay that you don't know that, <laughs> but, but retro, <laughs> but, but this other deer, I hate this other deer. Oh yeah. Um, he's that, a rapist, that, right? I, I mean, I wasn't going to use that word, but I was sure thinking <laughs> think it when is. I watched it. I mean, it. I think he's a predator uh, for sure. The deer that does not understand consent to be no. sure. Failing no. body language is pretty clear here, dude. Um, uh, I hate that other deer. Uh, and yet, and yet the other deer lives in this battle between him and Bambi, right? Right. He gets thrown, he gets thrown off the hill as so many other Disney villains do. Right. But then defeated, Bambi having, having pushed forth his alphaness, uh, he leaves in submission. You know, we were talking about the Lion King earlier and this unknown deer that is really kind of a scar kind of figure. That gets, I mean, that doesn't see a lot of screen time, but I think gets kind of fleshed out later. Like, who would be the Skark, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of fits that mold for sure. But but the the deer brings out Bambi's flaw. Bambi is timid. How can he be the prince? Like, Bambi's timidness allows Rano to challenge him. Right. Right? Uh, But, But then, you know, Bambi finds within himself... To protect Faline. what or Faline inspires him to be better. Oh yeah, sure, right? sure, um, sure. Yeah, I want to add a character to the list that we've got here. Oh yeah, because sure. we didn't. Uh, friend Owl. Oh, friend Owl. Who yeah, is yeah. Betsy's favorite character. Oh okay. Um, so I I find friend. By the Owl, way, Betsy. For those of you who don't listen to this podcast often, Betsy is Larry's wife. <laughs> they all know that somehow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, friend, friend Owl is interesting. If we're using a Lion King sort of mentality, Friend Owl is kind of like half Zazu, half Rafiki, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely the narrator of this piece he's, in a lot of ways. He's the cycle. He's seen him come. He's seen him go. He remembers when the great prince was, you know, was Bambi. He's going to see more. So he's definitely gives us that. Uh, that feeling. I love the beginning with him where he comes in and starts going to sleep and snoring. And then the squirrel, <laughs> the yep. squirrel wakes up and then here comes Thumper. Uh, so I love that little, I love the sequence. It's a great little sequence. And when all the other birds are tweeting and singing and, and he's like, he's like, everybody be quiet. Right. Like, <laughs> right. and they won't be, um, he's kind of grumpy. Down. He is sort of like grumpy. I have that in here in my note. So music um, we have these jarring events will happen. Yeah. And then the next thing we hear is this song that's kind of happy. Yeah. Also, uh, also interesting, yeah. none of these songs are sung by the characters. No, no. It's all part of this heavenly choir. And that heavenly choir is something we see throughout early Disney films. Um, and really, really... For quite a while, I have to kind of look and, and think about this. I wasn't really prepared to talk about it, but the oh, you know, you get a lot of that in um, Cinderella. You get a lot of it in um, just it's Disney. It's kind of that. It's what we associate. I think those of us who are maybe Gen X and older associate with Disney. Um, when we hear that, we think, "Oh, this is going to be a Disney movie." I know that. Yeah. So yeah, and and it's not song, you know, but it's all narration. It's all this outside 
exposition. It tells us it's spring. It tells us there's a shower. Um, It tells us about romance. It tells us about the ebb and flow that that there will be, that this is never going to end. And what's interesting, when it says love is a song that never ends, it almost equates nature with love. Well, I think it's got a very romantic perspective uh, that that nature is love, right? Yeah, like yeah. like uh, I I I think it does have that. Um, these are all songs again with my idea earlier that nature is the main character of this movie. Uh, yeah. These are these are all nature singing to us and telling us what life sh- is like or should be like. Um, drip drip drop, little April showers. We we don't hate the rain. The rain is no. beautiful too. Right, everything is well, and it has this fantasia quality about it too. In yes. the way that things are animated to the music, the way the water drops fall, the way Bambi and Feline, uh, you know, are by the waterfall and enjoying this really grown-up romance, which is brand new for both of them. Um, it's it's very much um, illustrating the illustrations. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. We talked a little bit, we've talked a little bit about this constantly shifting point of view um, and, and these constant shifts between overarching nature and main characters and supporting characters and antagonists. And you know how I feel about this. I, I really think that it's a nature of the way that Disney's making films at this time. They're not working off of a script. They're working off of storyboards. Yes. They're taking this, they're taking this book, they're reducing it to storyboards, where are the key moments? All right, you all take this piece, you all take this piece, and then they're divvying up the whole thing for the animators to take to take over. Working um, parallel to each other as opposed yes. to constructing the story in a linear fashion. Right. The way that and we then, think about and story then we now. get in the editing room, we see what we've got, we trim it away, we go from this to this to this to this. And so it does feel we you use the word episodic a lot. It does feel episodic more so than Pinocchio. Yes. Maybe more more like more in the vein of Snow White, I think. Um, but there is definitely this God's eye view, this omniscience that we get to experience with this film. And I'm not gonna call this a protagonist problem per se, but I I, I do think that early on in the movie. Until Bambi becomes able to speak for himself, uh, the movie put, puts us in in the perspective of Friend Owl and Thumper. Right. And so there's an adult surrogate and a child surrogate because Walt knows his audience. It's going to be parents right. and kids watching watching this movie together. That's right. right. Uh, gives each of them a surrogate up until the point where Bambi can take the reins, which is going to happen a good 30 minutes into the movie before Bambi, you know, actually is capable of speech and and what have you. Right. Um, so so there is this sort of, like, almost, almost all three of those characters are the protagonist at different points. There are times where with Bambi's mother, and she takes on a protagonist role. It's, 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 there's parent protagonist and child protagonists. For sure. For sure. And I think I think any, I mean, I think that's what's the glory of this film is that anybody watching this film can find something to really fall in love with or to really follow or to really think about. Whether it's even somebody that's, you know, it's an adult who's looking at hunting and going, gosh, is this, is this really what it's like? Or... 
I mean, are we really pursuing these poor little creatures? What's that like? Or looking at it as allegory or whatever to a little child, like you said, just going, wow, they're Bambi and his baby friends and they grow up and they love each other. And it's this glorious little, he's learning to walk. And again, we don't, I mean, it's so, I mean, it is cartoony, but it's realistic in the sense that when Bambi's little legs get crossed, right, as a deer learning to walk, like, I believe it. Yeah. I'm all in. I think he looks, I think Bambi looks like a deer. He does. Yeah. To the point where when I think about deer in the forest, I associate them with Bambi, right? Always. Always. I always have. Uh, and uh, again, that also speaks to just how how skillful the animators are at capturing animal movements and and depicting them. It's it's each each animal. The 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 research is done. The work is there. It's real. Oh, the animation in this film is genius. Now, is it to the place where it's really stylized and we see every leaf like we do in Sleeping Beauty? No, but we pull, I mean, we go into the forest. You know, most humans are just on the outside looking in. We go deep, deep, and and maybe there's this little, and there's this little bit of light in the clearing that maybe nobody's ever noticed before because you have to really get deep into the forest to find that little clearing and places that man just doesn't go. This this is in the period of innovation. The work being done here is going to pay off and be... Uh, advanced up into Sleeping Beauty someday. We'll, we'll oh, get sure. there someday. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 of course, Fantasia. We've talked about that. Um, this is this is putting music to animation and making it all just sing. It's just it's a glorious, beautiful, beautiful. And I can't imagine, you know, someone who's used to black and white films. I mean, I think about it. I mean, 1942. We have a few color films, right? People that go to the movies kind of have this expectation. Even the color films are, you know, they're color and they're beautiful, but they're really stylized. I think about The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz is really stylized and, you know, right? But I go in and I see this and it's just like, wow. I mean, can you imagine being a little kid in New York City going to the movies with your folks and you've never really seen the forest and then all of a sudden, wow, there it is on the big screen, right? Yeah. How glorious is that? No, I agree. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't think we can ever really over... Well, and this is why we feel these early movies are magical. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can't overstate the magic in these movies at all. What about themes, Larry? What do we think when we think about themes in Bambi? Well, I mean, the big theme, like you said, deer versus nature, but, mm-hmm. but it's also deer as a part of nature. It's about right. the life cycle. Um, we see Bambi as a baby. We see him. Uh, we see him get older. Uh, we see him in an adolescence, and we see him become a father. Right. We right. We, we see him go through. A, we see him go through that circle. And the que- I want to call back to the question I asked earlier. Yeah. Why does the movie end where it ends? Why does it end with the birth of Bambi's children? Because he made it. Right. Did he? I mean, in the sense that he made it, well, I mean, he's become his father, which may or may not be a good thing, but he made it through, I mean, think of all the things that were coming at Bambi. He was shot, his mother died, 
He had to, and he could have been gored by another deer. All these things that happen, but his his progeny lives on. I mean, I don't need to see Bampy go to his end, where where he becomes, as Mufasa would say, where he becomes the grass, right? Right. But, right. But I I would argue, like you, it's it's weird to say like we see him go from. I guess I guess see him go from child to parent, but if we're getting to parent, I want to see him parent, right? I guess uh, I'm I'm dissatisfied seeing him on the hill looking downwards. Uh, yes, he's he's found he's he's taking on his father's role, uh, but it would I don't know. I want him to but be I a feel better like, dad. I, and again, I you know, it, it's not a movie that we would make today, right? No. But in that time period, it is, I mean, Bambi and his father are the watchmen on the wall. They are watching the whole community to make sure that if there's something that happens, they're going to sound the alarms and they're going to do something about it. And in 1942, when, I mean, well, they're making this movie and the ramp up to war and, and all the things that are going on in Europe, um, you know, this is sort of, I think... A, this is what men do. They're they're, they're going to be, you know, good men are going to be the watchmen on the wall. And and certainly these are anthropomorphized or whatever. But, I mean, there is a role for Bambi, and that is to look after not only his young, but after the whole community. Do you have any other things you want to throw in here? Uh, themes? I think about hope. Okay. I mean, the very beginning... It says, you know, love is a song that never ends. Nature is love. But there's this also this hope that no matter what happens, there's always this. I mean, Bambi's mother is dead. And the next scene, the very next scene, which seems so jarring, is let's sing a gay little spring song, right? And I'm like, really? I don't want to sing a gay little spring song, right? I want to sit with Bambi, the death of Bambi's mother. Oh, and see, and I, I see this completely different. I, I see that as, thank goodness, because they don't want us to keep, they don't want us to live in that moment. They're right, giving us right. the time to grieve, and then when we're done grieving, we can join in the song whenever we're ready, and then be on the same page to see Bambi as an adolescent. Interesting. Okay. Well, I, this probably I, says I more that, about I my human, my psyche. <laughs> But yeah, it is this. It is sort of jarring at first because you're like, yes. wow, we expect this moment of Bambi suffering, and Bambi doesn't really suffer the loss of his mother. No, he just goes with his father. It's what he does. It's like, and and I'd like to see Graham, Bambi grieve a little, but I think it would kill us if we saw. Bambi well, grieve. speaking of getting to see Bambi uh, grieve his mother, yes, uh, it's pitch time. So yes. there is. A Bambi 2. Yes. Uh, Bambi 2 is a midquel more than it is a sequel. Uh, it takes place immediately after the death of Bambi's mother and focuses on the relationship between uh, Bambi and Bambi's father. Bambi's father is played by Patrick Stewart. So that's Bambi 2, and I would love to do it at some point with you, Andy. Yeah, I, let's do um, it. But what would we do with the Bambi story? Since that's been done... What would we do with Bambi? Well, I think I said a little earlier, I would love to see something more with Flower. I think Flower's got a tale to tell. Ah. And if that story is one of uh, 
you know, representation, I think now is absolutely the time to tell. But oh, I would story. love that. I would, I yeah. would, I would love a, a flower focused story. Uh, flower as non-binary. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe a little different from some of the other animals in the forest. Uh, yeah, let's do something with that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, the end of Bambi is different than the end of The Lion King. End of Lion King is the circle of life. Nature has been restored to balance. The world yeah. of Bambi is not in balance. Because oh? man's, man is getting closer and closer to the forest. We've oh, heard they've right. never gone this far. There is There is the idea that the man problem has not been solved. And I'm not positing here, Andy. Right. That I want to see Bambi 2, Bambi's Revenge. Uh, <laughs> this one's for my mother. Bambi versus Gaston. Um, right, you, right. You ain't getting these antlers for your decorating. Right, um, right, right, right. But <laughs> and, and I, I am instead pitching something a little more in the spirit of Bambi. Uh, and even as I pitch it, I know I'm pitching a lie. But okay. I would love for Bambi to come to some ability to befriend man or for man mm. or to provide a lesson for man to respect the forest in some way, shape, or form. And I, and I know it's a lie, Andy. I, I know it's a lie. <laughs> but but be, because the, the truth of the matter is man's just going to keep coming. Um, yep. You know what I'm. You know what I'm pitching, Andy. This is stupid. I'm pitching? pitching the fox and the hound. You are pitching the fox and the hound. I was just getting ready to say that. <laughs> oh. Okay, so so my pitch is a bust. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, I think, and I, I think there are other characters too that we could I, I spend some time with. I mean, maybe that character. What happens when Bambi's father dies? What's that look like? Right. What's the final lesson? Um, right. Right. I think Bambi's father does die at the end of this movie. Does Symbol- he? Oh, he just kind he kind of walks away, doesn't he? Yeah, he walks away and I, I I think the implication is he's he's giving up his role, he's giving up his place to Bambi. It's a sort of death. Yeah, I mean, and animals do that anyway when they're, you know, going to die, they just kind of go off and die. That's what they do. So maybe he does that. I don't know. And on that ah, cheerful note, Andy, And on that cheerful not only have we killed Bambi's mother, we just killed his father. <laughs> um, well, so this was the darkest possible view we could we could take. Well, maybe, maybe, but I mean, but again, there is this hope that runs throughout. Yes, again, that new cycle, that brand new. This is the new cycle of life. That when Bambi, when Feline has these twins, you know, it's a friend of mine always likes to say to me, um, "We never really die, right?" If right. we're making a contribution in some way, we live on. Even if we die, we live on. And I think that's what's going on here with Feline and what she learned from her mother and what Bambi learned from, you know, from his mother and father. And they're going to, you know, they're going to have their kids. And what's, what's it going to be like for the two of them? Yeah. And hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll they... with that. And I'll, I'll also yeah. say there is something like the idea of Moses up on the mountain looking at his people. Yes. There have there have been there are going to be challenges in every age for people. Right. Um, and Bambi's father met the challenges for that age, and maybe Bambi will meet the challenges for his. Yeah, he gets to be the uh 
the you know the Joshua of his of his. Uh, there we go. There we go. There it is. Well, next week's episode, I think we're going to have a special guest. I hope. Yes, and we are. we're going to have the journey of Natty Gan, which I am seeing for the first time. This is the first movie really? I've ever seen. Oh wow! Before. Okay, and I, I have to tell you, it's fantastic. And I really want to urge. Uh, our listeners, if you haven't seen The Journey of Natty, Dan- Natty Gan, you're in for a treat. I think you'll be surprised how great it is. I was surprised how great it is. You know, Larry, I've been hearing from some of our fans um, that they listen to this whole podcast and then they go, oh, what are we watching next week? And then they go to Disney Plus and they watch the next uh, the next thing. And so they're ready for ready for what we're talking about. So I'm really excited about that. And I also am really encouraged by the way that our fans are telling other people about our podcast. We're this is this little thing is really kind of it's been surprising to me how well it's been received. And I want to throw out to you, yes. uh, fans who are listening. If any of you want to reach out to us and give us validation, but you're thinking like, ah, uh, Andy and Larry are too shy to to want validation, <laughs> validate us. <laughs> I love being praised. Please validate please. me. And some places <laughs> that you can validate us yes. are at our Facebook page, Once Upon a Disney Podcast. Yes. Or you could validate us on Twitter. At uh, Andy's at, at Rand, Andy Redwine. I'm at, at Larry Brenner Six. Or, yes. Or you could email us. Uh, we have a mailbag. Uh, Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. So next week we're doing that again. If you feel like you want to tell somebody about that or you remember seeing that movie as a kid or you want to experience it with your family, to pop it into the, uh, I was going to say pop it into the DVD. Wow. That's, no, we don't do that anymore. Stream it. Play it on Disney Plus. <laughs> play it, find it on Disney Plus. Play it with your family and uh, give us a shout. We're, we'd love to hear from you. Well, this has been Once Upon a Disney. And so until next time, we'll see you real soon. See you real soon. <laughs>